will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, as we've had some scheduling snafus, uh, we are finally getting to our long, maybe awaited uh, review of Mortal Kombat 2021. Uh, And I'm joined by Pat, finally back from uh, a trip out to Wisconsin and, and back home and not getting dates straight and stuff thrown uh, last minute on you. How, how does it feel to be back? Oh, it feels good. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you have too much cheese and you just forget what day it is. You know? <laughs> I, I, I feel like cheese is a euphemism. Not maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to probably be a very interesting episode of the podcast uh, because we finally uh, don't agree on something. And shockingly enough, it's it's on Mortal Kombat. Um, you liked it, and I not so much. Um, and I, I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, fair warning: this will be spoiler filled. It's been out long enough now that uh, I feel like we're fine talking spoilers. Uh, <clears throat> and if you haven't seen it yet, it's obviously still up on HBO Max till about the what the. 26th or something or 16th whichever day it came out in april it's that day here in may and in theaters Uh, and in theaters so uh go out go check it out i've only watched it once uh have you watched it more than once just once okay i don't know if i'm gonna rewatch it before it leaves hbo max i don't think i'm gonna rewatch it again i probably because i'm a mortal Kombat mark uh will probably pick it up but I will most likely hate watch it because I will say I will rewatch Mortal Kombat Annihilation a million times more than this new version of Mortal Kombat. You're high. No, no, we've had those discussions. <laughs> so 
starting from the beginning, where where was your where did you see it like going downhill for you? Honestly, um, the very beginning, I had concerns. Um, not that I didn't think that that opening scene wasn't like well done, but it was the subtitling and uh, Bihan speaking in Chinese. And first, I'm like, well, wait a minute, they're they're Japanese. But then um, Hanzo's family responding in Japanese and it having to tell us on the subtitles that he's speaking Chinese, they're speaking Japanese, and then he switches to Japanese. Like, that's not consistent with the lore. You know, it, it's the uh, Shiryu and the Lin Kuei are Japanese clans. They're rival clans. They always have been. It's kind of what leads to this massacre. So that was my first, like, area of hesitation. Because I'm like, I don't know what this is doing. I, I don't know if it's an issue of maybe they're trying to reach out to a Chinese audience a little bit more. And so that's why they kind of introduced it into it. Because, I mean, let's be honest, China generates a lot of revenue for films. Um, so. That's true. But they, I feel like at that point, they would have replaced one of the characters with Johnny Cage at that point if they were trying to reach the Chinese audience. Well, but see, there was some strategic maneuvering for why Johnny Cage was not in this film. And whether right. I agree with it or d disagree with it, uh, I... Considering that this film, and I think my major problem with this film, is it's a prequel, um, which is not how they marketed it. It's not how they advertised it. It's not what the trailers were presenting to us. So the fact that Johnny Cage isn't in it, but it's a prequel, I'm okay. Because I understand there might have been some outside motivations of why they didn't want to put Johnny Cage in there. But I'm okay with it because it's not the tournament. Even though it's Mortal Kombat, it's not the tournament. So uh, I, I don't have as much of, a, of an issue with that. Um, but yeah, it, that's kind of where it started. So it wasn't so much like I was starting to have alarm bells go off, but I, I started seeing some red flags with that change. And then um, the kind of Raiden showing up and uh, you know carrying the baby away, I was thinking that the baby was Cole, but obviously, you know, that it, that part takes place in whatever century. And, you know, now we're back in the present time when we get to the intro of the uh, actual intro of the film, um, which I understand why they did that, because you really can't have these like feudal Japanese clans or ninja clans or whatever um, in present day. But that was one thing that kind of appealed with me about legacy was it seemed to still kind of be that feudal Japan, but in modern times um, without having to, you know, go and explain in depth why there were these clans in, in that universe of Mortal Kombat. Um, so like, I kind of understand that that uh, time shift. But uh, my main issue, and that's when I was really concerned, and I was kind of concerned from when the first trailers came out, Cole. The introduction of Cole. He's not a, a, a serious character. He's not a lore character. He's a brand new character for this film. And I think that the reason they do that is they want to put have someone who's like the audience and putting them in that sh in the shoes of a person who is introduced to this crazy world of realms and battles and gods and stuff like that. And 
Mortal Kombat is so well known. I don't think you needed to do that. Um, do you have any thoughts on Cole? So uh, honestly, I I don't I don't like or dislike him. Okay, I see why they did it. He's 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 a wooden block it's, essentially. I, I here's the way I see it. Okay, it's, everyone knows that Batman's parents are dead. Yeah, but they're going to put that fucking kill scene in 90% of the fucking Batman movies in True. a flashback or in you fucking name it. Yeah. Like same thing, same thing with like <laughs> Spider-Man like, fucking uncle Ben dies. To we, be fair, they it. haven't we, done it with the new one yet. True. <laughs> like we get it. He dies. Like it's one of those things where like they're trying to explain something that everyone knows. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I just, I think that it, it was because, and I, and it's not really a fault of the actor. I felt like he just was, I don't think they gave him enough to work with. There's I, that. I, and I, I, it just ultimately felt like he didn't really play any purpose. Like when you're, when you're, when you're setting this up as a prequel, you have to have a planned out like arc for these characters. And all I felt like he served as an um, exposition tool for an audience for everything to be explained to him. So then the audience understands what's going on. And again, with a franchise as popular as mortal Kombat, with having the nineties film and even annihilation, but then having the popular web series, having its re 15 some games. Yeah. Having its resurgence, (laughs) uh, starting with nine and now into 11, everyone pretty much knows the basic lore of Mortal Kombat. So I don't think you need a character like this that is a stand-in for your... This will be sounding awful, but non-educated audience. Um, I mean, it's not like my dad is going to sit down and watch Mortal Kombat, who has no idea about Mortal Kombat, and then go, oh, because of Cole being there, I can understand. Um, Because at the first very gore... I mean, basically, as soon as Jax loses his arms, he would be running to the bathroom to throw up from the core. So, (laughs) Uh, Which is one thing I will say. Like That was a positive um, thing from this movie, is it didn't hold back from the gore. But I also think that they overindulged from it, too. How so? Um, Like, wherever they had a chance to do a very bloody kill or bloody hit, they did it. And instead of being a little bit more restrained and saving it for maybe those more epic battles near the end. I I gotta say, the only time I've ever seen Mortal Kombat hold back from being gory <laughs> is versus DC Universe. <laughs> well, yeah, and they kind of had to for that. Um, well, but I mean, like, like I have no issue with Kung Lao's uh, because that's kind of cool to see the Kung Lao's fatality. Um, I don't really have an issue with Kano and the heart rip. Uh, Jax, I, I just felt like the head smash was maybe a little much. Like, I get it, it's a fatality, but it was like, I would have rather they done an area fatality because he's on the bridge with all the spikes at the bottom where he just does a freaking uppercut and you have him, you see Reiko fall and fall and fall and land on the spikes. Um, so I think like they, they, they tried to be so self-aware and acknowledging that I think that it ended up being detrimental to the film overall. Um, so many nods like Kotal Khan is not really a character you need to make any type of references to because he's not, he's a fairly new character and he's not really 
a great character. Um, but like seeing uh, Nightwolf was kind of cool. Seeing that reference to the to him. Um, seeing um, Shinnok's amulet when Kano tries to steal it. Um, you know, so all the little tiny stuff. It's cool, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think you need it. I think that was cool for people that know. Yeah. Like any like like, like you said, it did a little bit too much over explaining it. They didn't do any explaining of like any of that. It's not like they're like, oh, here's this character's thing. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you had Katana's fan, yeah. um, which to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. If Katana's alive, why is her fan there? But at the same time, it's like, oh, it's really cool to see the fan Baraka on the on the painting. Um, so it, it just it, for and the, the main problem I think I had with it is, is it's an hour and 50 minutes. An hour and f- like 40 to an hour and 30 is full of prep. There was a lot of prep, I you know, I mean, they spend so much time training I checked the time several times as I was watching. I'm like, I've only gone 10 minutes. It feels like I've been watching this scene take, you know, 40 minutes and it was only 10. And it really like it starts off. I will say it starts off fairly strong. But then once they're on their way to find Raiden, that's where it hits this long lull of just exposition, set up, set up, set up. Training, 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 Kano being comedic relief. And then we get into a mini tournament. And again, like introducing characters that are one, either too small to introduce or too early to introduce Um, like Cabal. I think like there there was a way and I told you how that I would have preferred that they'd done this where when he shows up in the movie, he's already in the mask and burned and everything. The best way that they could have done this is had Cabal be normal, have him win Kano over, have him have this fight with Lou and being in that oily substance. When Lou does his uh, dragon thing, that's how he gets the burns. That's how he goes in the suit. And then you have him come back for one of the later films to get that revenge. I, d- I just felt like it was a waste because I like Cabal and I know you like Cabal too. Great and game. for like the, the effects they do with him and his speed That's runs, fantastic. they were really great. Uh, the mask could have used a little bit more work. Uh, it looked a little too blocky and undefined. I always give live action a little more leeway than anything's like yeah. anything they can do with the video games. So like that, I didn't have any issues with. They did a fantastic job with the CGI for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like bringing in Reiko, bringing in the the Bat Lady. Yeah, those two were very obscure characters. To, which and I, I for cannon why. fodder, I understand that. Like, so Cabal is a more well-known character and now you've offed him off. Whereas then if you bring in a, like a lesser known character and you off them off, like it, it's. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that much of an issue because it's all oh, that's a lesser known character. No one cares about them. They really have no story arc. Uh, they're one of the least played characters in, in the entire franchise. It would make sense that, that you would get one of those in there. But Cabal's pretty iconic. Um, so I also wasn't a fan of the actor playing Raiden. Um, I know you so, didn't have the issues I had because I heard and it wasn't necessarily his acting ability. 
It was the fact I could barely understand words coming out of his mouth. See, I was able to understand him. I just think that the only time Raiden's ever been written interesting is for Legacy. Yeah. I, I think that they did a terrible job of writing for him because he was just, like, super bitter and, like... Well, and it was also, like, Shang Tsung. Like, they they turned a three-dimensional villain into a one-dimensional villain. Like, there was no reason for him to want to break the rules, you know? like Especially since, uh, since Earthrealm had already lost, like, nine tournaments. Right. They've lost nine out of the last ten. If they lose the tenth, it's where, you know, uh, Outworld can uh, absorb it. And, um the only reason that like the rules get broken for mortal Kombat three is because Earthworm shockingly wins at the 10th, uh, mortal Kombat, And so, uh, you know, Shao Kahn gets upset about that. And it's like, no, I'm going to break the elder God rules. I'm going to merge the two realms. So when you have Shang Tsung being just this basic bitch, bad guy, uh, and just being like, nah, I'm so I'm we're so good. We've won the last nine tournaments, but this one I'm going to start eliminating all of Earthrealm's champions. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. It's I I know you made the ooh well bad guy not following the rules. Like I understand <laughs> that, but one of the things that made uh I, and I can't get it I can't remember his last name but Carrie the guy who played uh, Shang Tsung in the first original movie and I love that they brought him back for eleven. Um, and they also did the character design based off of him. One of the things about him was that, no, he just, he was so egotistical and confident in Outworld's champions that he didn't need to resort to cheating to, um, to, to win Mortal Kombat. And, and considering we don't even get to the tournament by the end of this film. I also have another issue with what they do with Sub-Zero here, because they make him a bitch. Um, they lose a whole complete sub-context and story where uh, the the fact that, like, one of the best things that they could have done, one of the best reveals that they could have done in the final fight was, because in the very beginning, Scorpion uh, hits him in the cheek with the Kanai and leaves the scar. And you leave out this whole subplot with in the actual art, like that's the thing. They reference all this lore for Mortal Kombat, but then they miss the most important parts of the lore. You don't have Quan Chi showing up. You don't have him making a deal with Quan Chi where he will become a warrior for Netherrealm uh, and fight in Mortal Kombat. And that's what makes Scorpion so interesting is he's this conflicted anti-hero who, because his family was murdered and betrayed by the Lin Kuei, he then agrees to this devil's deal and is being used by Quan Chi, who is the person who murdered his family. So I feel like the best thing, the best thing it could have done there is in that final fight at the end, when Scorpion is somehow because Cole has the same blood and grabs the Kanai and is able to summon Scorpion, he can, uh, you know, magically show up and say only, um, three words in English while the rest of all of his other dialogue is Japanese because the three words are get over here. So, uh, but you have him when they knock the mask off. If Bihan does not have the scar and you have Scorpion realizing that the scar is not there, 
but still either letting Bihan get away to fight him in the actual tournament and allowing Quan Chi to manipulate things further to convince him that uh, Sub-Zero was the murderer. And instead of, you know, Scorpion finding out Quan Chi is involved, you can develop that into a much better, better plot for his character arc and, and show this because all this movie does and it underuses the actor and it underuses the character of Scorpion. But you have no, you know, there's no real reason other than the fact that Cole and Scorpion are related by blood that Scorpion would just show up and be like, yeah, fine, I'll take care of this bitch for you and then just go back away. Like, it's so mishandled. The fight scenes are fantastic, but character work and story development are all over the place. So I'm going to cut in here. Yeah, I know. It's it's time for you to talk some. This I, is where we'll start fighting. I, I think that basically what you're getting at is the the video games is more like chess, whereas the movie went with a checkers approach. Sure. So like kind of you you wanted you wanted it to be like complex, a complex storyline. But I don't think that it, we're ever going to get something like that. Maybe it maybe in this second one assuming that there is maybe we'll get the development that you want but i don't i don't see a a okay this is fighting a fighting movie like this going to be anything but what we got but i'm gonna shoot you down a little bit on that because we did get it we got it in actually 10 years ago no okay (laughs) not even using legacy because okay. I will give Legacy the benefit of it was a web series. So they mm-hmm. had episodes. They were able to pace things out. Uh, and ultimately, although I think they all come out to about an hour and a half to an hour and 40, they have less runtime than what this had. But even the original Mortal Kombat film was, despite what flaws it may have, it has a more complex story there. It has a manipulation of Shang Tsung on Liu Kang. It has Johnny Cage. It has Sonya Blade. They all have their personal motivations to going to the island. Even even though they were manipulated by Shang Tsung, they're all gathered together to come under Raiden to fight for a greater good. You introduce the concept of Outworld. You have Katana being the princess. You have all of this complex story. You have Goro, who is far better done in the 90s film than what they did to him in this because they've taken him out in this film. I mean, and Cole's arcana is stupid. I mean, I like, I, I got, I got it. You got to explain the powers. Fine. And I can get behind the idea of the arcana, but See, that's something I didn't like. <laughs> I know that's something you didn't like, but I can understand. I thought it was cheesy. It's cheesy. It absolutely is cheesy. But I get that they're trying to, because that's the one thing the original movie didn't really do well was, uh, and I mean, it didn't really even give the Earth characters powers. You know, Outworld and Netherrealm obviously have powers because they're otherworldly creatures. Mm. Uh, But this was, you know, I liked seeing Sonya's power, you know, whatever her, like, power shot is or whatever. Uh, And then, you know, with Kano, like, yeah, I don't necessarily like that it's his actual eye, but... I'm under the theory of we'll see him show back up. Like, I don't think he's dead per se. I mean, he might have died, but I would say he's brought back. Yeah. He doesn't have his arcana anymore because 
Sonya's got the the mark, so he gets the laser implant, and that's how he gets his laser eye. That's that's my my thinking with that. But yeah, I I, I will say like they had blueprints to do what I think it should have done. And I think it focused, it wanted to do the fights. There's two letters that can explain this all for you. What's that? W B. Yeah. And considering, (laughs) considering with what, uh, what they're saying, uh, how they're aggressively against the Snyderverse, even after the success of justice league, Warner brothers, get your shit together. You guys are fucking it up for the fans. So, I, I'll go in on some of the yes, things. Yes, I've talked eno- enough about how, how much it's a garbage film. But before you go into that, I will say, Kano was the best thing about this movie. I agreed. Okay. Definitely agreed with that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll say I didn't like how they did... Um, but it did reptile. I don't oh, think yeah. the, I don't think they'll ever get reptile right. The closest is the original film. Then that's about it. Yeah. I it's one of those things that they're just gonna continue to mess up. Yep. Um but overall, like the fight scenes were great. The the storyline for me is whatever. I, I get that it wasn't the best, but I'm able to overlook that for like it being Mortal Kombat, it being a movie. But and is having it Mortal good, Kombat? Have, and having good fight scenes. That's that's all you watch it for anyways. Well, he, okay, I won't disagree <laughs> with you on that, but it's not even Mortal Kombat. We don't even get the tournament. I, I knew that once I got like a half hour in, I was like, we're not seeing yeah, once I Yeah, once I got to the training and saw it was like an hour and there was 40 minutes left, I'm like, or 50 minutes left, I'm like, there's no oh, way I, we're getting to the tournament. I knew like from the beginning, or like basically when Shang Tsung was like, Oh, hey, we're going to break the rules. Yeah. That's when I knew we weren't going to get the tournament. And you know what? Okay. I mean, I'm, I, f- I'm fine with them doing a prequel if they... If they advertised it If they way. advertised it, and I think if they did the story a little bit differently. There's definitely... Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, there's a million ways they could have improved this too. <laughs> movie like don't get me wrong like there's there's so much that they could have done different but i mean we're still gonna get the second one are you sure Uh, probably i mean heck if they're if they're willing to turn down a success like the snyder cut i mean i and i think uh, i think they'd be dumb not to knowing that they're gonna bring in johnny cage and probably fix a bunch of stuff so I, um, i think that i think Every issue that you have is able to be fixed fairly easy. As long as they're smart about it. And, and ultimately, I think what, what really comes to my main, main problem is you have a director who's never directed anything before. Okay. Uh, from, from what I've seen on IMDb. And that's not to necessarily diss Simon McQuaid, um, but I think you needed to have a veteran. Um, I'm... I'm say. No, because you would have gotten all the explosions, but yeah, you, you would have gotten zero stuff. We would have seen Sonya in a skimpy, skimpier outfit. We would have seen a Cyrax in, <laughs> in uh, real life Cyrax or or video game Cyrax. What's the difference? That's <laughs> not too far off, except one's a really bad rapper. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we would have seen we've seen the robots fighting. So. 
But uh, yeah, I, I think that you needed like one of the things that made me so excited when they originally announced the film after Legacy season two ended was that Kevin Tanakeran, who did Legacy, was going to direct a movie. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was scheduling conflict. I don't know if he lost interest, but he dropped out. And that's when I first was a little bit worried. And then I I seen some interviews with Simon McQuaid and I'm like, okay, this guy might get it. Like, you know, I think he might understand the characters and I really ultimately, and maybe the fault's not necessarily on him. Maybe it's on the screenwriters. Um, but cause I will say like, it's not a horribly shot film. When did they finish filming? Uh, I would have to say it was sometime, uh, probably during the pandemic, because I think it was actually probably originally scheduled for last year to come mm-hmm. out. And then it got pushed because of COVID and, and then getting the, uh, the guidelines for how they could go about shooting. And, and I don't know if that's something that you might give a, a little bit of leeway. No. Eh, of course not. But like, you, had to, <laughs> you had to think maybe like there was scheduling conflicts mm. with all that and they couldn't do reshoots or something, especially with like, where they were possibly filming. Yeah. Like you, I, gotta, you gotta think that it, I, I still think that they like the time or how they could have, how they could have made Cole a better character for me is if, and this would have shown the nefarious, uh, side of Scorpion is when he grabs the Kanai Scorpion takes over his body. Like to me, that would have improved it. Cause it would have gotten rid of this useless character who, you know, has a family and really just doesn't really serve a purpose outside of being a story device. Uh, I I would have loved it that like that's that was his gateway to get out of the nether realm, you know, was was to take over a descendant's body. Like then it paints him more in that villainous light, but then also understanding that this is his way to get revenge for the death of his of his wife and, and son. See, the funny part is, I guarantee you, for like the, the video games, they won't even have him as a character. He'll just be a skin for Scorpion. No, I don't even think that <laughs> they'll enter. I think they've even said that they don't want to add him in there. And that's the other thing, too, is they're taken away from with what happens in 10, where Scorpion actually gets brought back to life and then does have a son. And like, that's a whole not saying that they need to adapt the games like beat for beat, mm. but that's something you could explore somewhere down the road. And I, I just felt like this really wanted to dumb down the story, give the great fights and think that everyone was going to like just be blown away by it. And I've seen it really mixed because I will say you and I both are big Mortal Kombat fans. And I know um, one one person who I, I hope is listening to this because I told Keith about this coming out because I know he had a really divisive uh, reaction to this film as well. Um, that like the, the fans, I think want that story. I think that that's one of the reasons why they keep doing a very, like once they got to nine and they decided they were going to kind of like reboot the story, uh, and they saw how strong and how well it resonated with the audience that then 10 followed up with a pretty good story. 11 was not as good, but it was still a very interesting story. Um, that, that, you can tell these, you can do these fighting games and give them good complex narratives. And that's really kind of hard. It's, it's not like resident evil where you have a a director deciding that he, he's never played the games and he's never been a fan of the games, but still try to stick. 
but tell a different story. Um, kind of actually like a pre like a prequel. In fact, I will take Resident Evil One, the movie, uh, over Mortal Kombat 2021 because that at least sets things up and sets an environment up that you could still technically understand where the events of the first game take place within that universe. Now, great, granted, the franchise goes completely off the rails, um, especially by the third film. But this, they have a lot to win me back. Like, will if they make a sequel and it comes out, will I see it? Probably. Um, but I'm going to be a lot more hesitant when it when it's going to come out you know um like this had i not had hbo max and i went and paid money to go see it in theaters i would have been pissed i mean that's how visceral of a reaction i had to it and this was also coming off the tails of a very disappointing season finale for falcon and winter soldier like so i had i had taken that friday off so i could watch well i needed a little bit of a break from work but because then I was like, okay, I can watch Falcon and Winter Soldier first. I can go straight into Mortal Kombat. And I got a double dose of fuck you and disappointment. <laughs> um, but it is interesting to see that you and I have such different uh, opinions on this film. Like I said, man, when, when, it come, when you boil down this fucking film, <laughs> you, you get two fucking things going up against each other to fight that's all it is oh, and you also have a magic barrier uh yeah that gets taken down by a guy yeah on the yes a <laughs> god's staff gets taken down by a, an like, aussie criminal exactly just this movie makes like, no an, fucking an el- sense an what an elder god <laughs> Well, yes, an elder god even, yes. <laughs> and that's the other thing too. Where the fuck are the other elder gods? Like if if Shang Tsung is breaking the rules of Mortal Kombat, the elder gods should be stepping in and going, "No, fuck you." And that's where uh like Shao Kahn had to work around the elder gods. They're playing too busy playing skee-ball. Matter Candy Crush. Um but yeah, it, I, I now get the dogma reference you were making. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just one of these things where it's like it just felt like a mess and they just didn't know where to start. And they wanted to throw in all of these cool references and throwbacks and and characters, but not how to execute a good story for it. It's like the difference between this and Kong uh, Godzilla versus Kong was all I'm there is to see Godzilla fight Kong. Like, the story doesn't really need to matter for me. But something like this, even though we're there to see these fights, you still have to tell a a compelling enough story to keep me interested along with the fights. Because those are primarily focusing on human characters. Whereas we're wanting to see a big monkey and lizard fight in, in that type of film. Um, and I just felt like the narrative was bogged down with trying to introduce a completely new character who has no background, no idea where they want to take him, and having him written very poorly as our through line to go on this journey with. See, I'm I'm surprised you haven't touched on Sonia at all. I mean, she... I would take the Sonias from the original films uh, over her, 
but I, I don't think she was as bad. Um, although I didn't like this obsession that she, that, you know, I need to have the, the, the mark, the mark. And, um, I mean, honestly, if she'd wanted it and saved everyone a lot of trouble, she would have killed Kano in the desert, you know, it, it's, but I, I didn't, I didn't hate her. Um, but I did think that they kind of put her in the backseat. Um, and they did it a little bit to Jax too. Like Jax is in it for five seconds in the beginning. And then he shows up about 50 minutes later and then has another like five minute scene by himself. See, my concern with how they wrote Sonya is I think that they have it set up to where she's going to be the one to save her from in the sequel. I think with how they developed her character and like how she got the mark and all that, it, it's kind of building up that way to make her be kind of like the main character. Yeah. And see, that's part of the problem of not focusing on Lou and, and, uh, and his journey. Like, Honestly, Lou is your best character to go with. And Robin Shu playing Liu Kang in the original film, like they did it probably in the best way they could have as a as a man who left the order and wanted to go out and actually like live uh, his own life and not be held to the rules of the gods and the and the combat um, and being dragged in by the murder of his brother, who was training to be the new Earthrealm guardian. So it's it's like that this thing that you have a really good character and actually almost very video game accurate look in this film, but you, not that you make him a bitch, but you just make him such a side character. Uh, and you don't focus on him. Even like Kung Lao, it's great to see him show up, but it's like, he's in there for only five seconds. Uh, and they negate the whole fact that like, he is actually supposed to be the one who beats Shao Kahn but Shao Kahn murders him, which then gives Liu the power to defeat Shao Kahn. So now you've completely taken that character out of the books. You've taken Melina out of the books, although you can always br bring back Melina Mark II because she's a clone of Katana. See, I could see them... With, it, with everything basically being out of, out of the tournament. Mm -hmm. I think that gives them leeway to... Uh, and I mean, the... The games are full with bringing people back to life and stuff, but like they could explain that them coming back very, very simply. Maybe. I mean, the the resurrection of people in the games is constant. B but to to be fair, I mean, Liu Kang stayed dead for a long time, and it wasn't until after nine um, that you know they managed to do it. But then. Even in nine, he still dies again, and it isn't through to eleven that he actually gets brought back through time travel and manipulation. Now, you want to throw time travel into this already very mush mash of a story? I don't think you want to do that right now, um, and I don't know how they're going to do it going forward. And I, I, I don't know if even bringing Johnny Cage in in a sequel is going to save it for me. I, I think that they need to reevaluate the story. I think you have Cole take a backseat because it'll also depend on who's cast. Yeah, I mean, I still say because he did a great job in Legacy, bring back Casper Van Dien because he's almost literally the embodiment of Johnny Cage. You know, Ryan Reynolds is too on the nose. He's, he's too big time for well, it's this like, type of movie. The, the thing is, when you'll go to see it, it won't be seeing Johnny Cage. You'll be seeing Ryan Reynolds. 
Like that's, and you know, he's going to, and I'm not saying he would do a horrible job, but you're going to be seeing that for Ryan Reynolds performance, not going there to see Johnny Cage. I mean, you'd say that about any big time actor. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there are certain actors that do take you out of the film because you just see them like Denzel. Denzel's one of those people. I think we even talked about that in our, um, little things review was like, you're, you're seeing Denzel as Denzel and not as the character he's Hmm. playing. Uh, and yeah, Leo DiCaprio is another good example of it. it. Even um, Bruce Campbell, you know, mainly because of my so much of my love for Ash, like Ash is Bruce Campbell and Bruce yeah. Campbell's Ash that every time I see him in anything else, I'm just like, ah, it's Ash, you know. Uh, so it's it's just one of those things where I, I just I don't think they handled the characters well. I don't think they knew what to do with the story. And even if. They just had taken legacy and said, hey, here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Let's try to do something along the same lines, but a little bit differently. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. I still want a legacy part three because of that fucking ending. I agree. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. Uh, At the end of the day, will I buy it? Probably. Will I rewatch it? You're going to. I'll, I'll rewatch it, but it will be not like I'm rewatching it to necessarily enjoy it. I mean, it, it the, like Captain Marvel was one of those ones where I had such a negative reaction and, you know, I still bought it and I've rewatched it and I've lightened up a little bit on it uh, of my initial criticisms. But uh, and that will probably happen with uh, Mortal Kombat. But at the same time. When I compare it to Mortal Kombat, when I compare it to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, when I compare it to Mortal Kombat Legacy 1 and 2, it's going to be the lesser of all of those things. And that's putting Annihilation, which is pretty damn bad, but God, I fucking love it. (laughs) Come on. Come on. You have fucking Jax with his really bad arms and... Uh, you know, well, uh, I'm saying that I'm, I disagree that this one's worse than that. It is. It really is. It it's it looks better, but it's crap because you got to give Annihilation this. It tried to tell the story of the third game. Mm. It did. It really did. Mm. Yeah, it's it skipped two. It tried to go straight in the three because it that's the work. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, and you had most of the cast not return from the first films, which is why like John Cage is killed off. And uh, wait, did Lyndon Ash- and Lyndon Ashby wasn't in the second one, was he? Now I got to look. Cause now it's going to bother me. Um, but you had a different Sonya. Uh, you know, the whole Jade thing didn't work uh, mm-hmm. with that. Uh, Nightwolf was cool, but is in there for like five seconds. Uh, but you have like smoke. You have, uh, in my opinion, uh, you had a better. Uh, you had a better. Um, oh gosh, now I'm digging through it. List of characters. You had a better list of yeah. It was Chris Conrad who played Johnny Cage in this in Annihilation. So. Oh yeah, definitely had a better list of characters. Uh, you you had uh, you know you had Cyrax. You had smoke. Uh, you had um, oh god, what is why can't I remember uh, Behan's brother's name? Um, you had Sub Zero Two, basically. Um, I don't, rem- I don't know why I can't think of his name. Um, you had Scorpion somehow back to life because you know Johnny 
killed him in the first one, but whatever. That's the other thing. I don't need the characters telling me fatality or See, that, Kano that wins. See, so, that was so cheesy. I was like, <laughs> did he really just say that? Did he just say flawless victory? Flawless victory, victory? yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I understand if like it's in the tournament or something. Well, not even and... that. If you have it in the music, you know, like with, with that banger of a 90s song, you throw that in there and you have that playing on the background and like that when when he's, you know, standing over her cut in half body, you have it go like flawless victory, you know, then you're because you're like, it's not the character saying it. It's a disembodied voice yeah. for the track, you know, so uh, I, I I think I we've we've beaten this down to a, a well, I've beaten it down to a bloody what pile about, of crap. What would you score it? See, oh, OK. I got in trouble with Leslie on our on our last episode because I get, gave the score first and it was the score she was going to give. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to duck it to you first. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. Fuck you. <laughs> no, OK, if I'm being serious, I'd, I'd wait on like a three, three and a half, like somewhere in there. I Like I said, man, I can overlook those story flaws just because like. It's probably going to be my lowest rated film of the podcast. Two. I'm giving it a one and a half. I mean, that's (laughs) that's how visceral my reaction was to this garbage. Piece of shit film. It did no one justice. It did sub zero dirty. It fucked Scorpion. You got a great actor. I love this guy. And yes, I don't know his name off because it's very Japanese. Uh, but I mean, he was in he was in um, Haven for I, I know he was in Haven for the first series or not Haven uh, Helix. And then he was in uh, the Wolverine movie. Um, oh, yeah. I know and uh, he was I know he was actually in Avengers Endgame. He was uh, one of the Yakuza guys that uh, um, Hawkeye kills. Uh, you know, he's a really good Japanese actor. And uh, he was perfect. Like, I honestly, outside of Ian Anthony Dale, who did him in Legacy, I don't think I could have picked a better actor to play Scorpion. But he has two scenes. You know, and it's like, you you just... People are wanting to see Scorpion in Sub-Zero fight. And you give them a fairly decent, like, first fight at the beginning, and then you give them a really, like, quick and also very convoluted because it's also focusing on Cole and trying to get his family free. And then you again, you have him breaking Japanese to say, get over here. And then the rest of his dialogue is all in Japanese. Cause he's from feudal Japan. Hey man, you just need to get the line in. Say, say the, the line, line Bart. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I just, I am so disappointed in this movie. And I, if you had told me, when that first trailer dropped, if you would have told me you, this is going to be your most disappointing film, uh, at least for 2021, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. Mortal Kombat, they can't fuck this up. They can't do as bad as Annihilation. And I they, forget what movie came out at the end of last year. Oh, uh, it's Wonder Woman 84. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, Wonder know. Woman 84 is pretty much my worst film of 2020, so bad. it's not good. Again, that... Fucking Warner Brothers and their lack of direction and and also a little pandering and 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 again like I think it's a first time director I don't know about these screenwriters 
Um, but yeah, I think that that's part of part of the issue here. So sorry uh, if I pissed off anybody. You probably actually won people over more on this one. Uh, this is this is me probably it's a fun m- movie. I didn't have fun. It's fun fights. Like they the were fights? The, the fights were fine, but I didn't yeah, like, have fun uh, during them. People getting their heads head smashed and uh, you know, no, and have I have their uh, have their head kind of kind of gooey. Yeah, no, no, not really, not in this one. But uh, soul sucked out. I think I think that this is probably me at my most cynical. Yeah. I I mean, even more so than when we did our Falcon and Winter Soldier finale and, and overview review, because uh, Leslie and I were pretty rough on on that fran- on that season. But uh, all right, guys, thank you for joining us on this uh, special episode. Uh, we finally got it recorded. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, follow us on uh, Twitter at Critics NT Cynics on Facebook, uh, Critics Not Cynics podcast. You can write into the podcast and tell me how much you hate me, Patrick, for my very negative review. Uh, actually, I think my most negative review on the entire run of the, the podcast. Um, at CriticsNotCynics at gmail.com. You can listen to the podcast on pretty much almost every podcasting service. We're on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Amazon uh, Music, Audible, uh, Podbean, iTunes. Um, and if you like our, our content, why don't you go ahead and share it around with your friends and family? Uh, we still got stuff in the works to kind of improve, uh, quality and, uh, get stuff up on YouTube. If I can ever figure out how to get stuff up on YouTube without getting angered, angered, uh, by error messages that don't tell me anything. Uh, and then obviously we've still got a website in work. So, all right, guys, we'll talk to you next time.